It's about you, your health, your family, and your community. This is Sunday Morning Magazine with your host, Rodney Lear. And good morning. Hope you're having a blessed weekend. Welcome to another edition of Sunday Morning Magazine. Well, heart disease is the leading cause of death in women in the United States, killing more than 289,000 women each year. That's about one in every four female deaths. Although heart disease is thought of as a man's disease, around the same number of women and men die each year of heart disease in the United States. This morning, we focus on women and heart disease. Coming up this morning, we talk to a panel of four amazing women who have all experienced heart disease, ranging from a heart attack to congestive heart failure. There are life-changing stories coming up this morning. Remember, for more information on the show, you can like us on our Facebook page. Visit us at Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. Like us there, and you can actually join the conversation this morning. And this morning, you can share your story on heart disease as well. We begin this morning with Dr. Stephanie Dunlap. Dr. Dunlap is medical director of the UC Health Advanced Heart Failure Treatment Center. It's our pleasure to welcome Dr. Dunlap to Sunday Morning Magazine. Good morning. So let's start at the basics here. I think heart disease is the number one cause of death for women, and we'll be talking about that this morning. But how in tune are women in general? Do they really know that fact? I think that women are becoming aware of that fact. They're certainly more aware now than they were 15 years ago before the Go Red for Women campaign started by the American Heart Association. So, doctor, explain to us exactly what a heart attack is and explain what's happening to the body when a heart attack occurs. Well, inside the heart, uh, there's blood, but the heart cannot get any oxygen or nutrition from the heart inside its chambers. It depends on these small arteries that course over the top of the heart and then dive deep into the heart muscle, and we call those coronary arteries. So we used to call heart attacks coronaries for very good reason. So inside the coronary artery, cholesterol builds up, and if it becomes a complete blockage, and most of the time a little blood clot forms on top of that cholesterol, and if it blocks off completely, for an increased amount of time, then we call that a heart attack or a myocardial infarction. And the heart muscle that gets supplied by that artery dies, and it never comes back. Okay, good. You know, one thing, uh, you know, I've, I've spoken to women, and I think, you know, you go to the cardiologist or to the doctor, and they may say to you, you know, I'm looking at your, your information, and it looks like you had a heart attack at, at some time, and they, didn't, they have no idea. How common is that? Well, uh, it is not the majority, but it is certainly fairly common because women that have diabetes or women that smoke may not experience any symptoms of a heart attack. Mm. And symptoms in women tend to be somewhat different than those in men. Okay, and that's a great lead into my next question because I read somewhere that heart disease presents a greater challenge in women than in men. Do you agree with that statement? That's very true. Most women who are having a heart attack experience chest discomfort that feels sharp or knife-like. They can become profoundly short of breath, have uh, palpitations or feel like their heart is racing away with them or skipping beats, and also have uh, a large amount of sweating. Men tend to have chest discomfort with their heart attack that feels more like heaviness or pressure. And the classic would be, feels like an elephant sitting on their chest. Women may not feel that elephant, although they can. 
Now, you just touched on this, but I think it's really important. Let's talk more about the warning signs of a heart attack. You just mentioned some of them, but let's talk about more. Sure. It would be chest discomfort, and that classically comes on with the two E's, exertion or emotion. So somebody cuts you off in traffic and maybe you have a fender bender, you're really upset, or your daughter stays out past the curfew or your son at night, or you have a big ruckus with your spouse, that's emotion, and people can have chest discomfort at that point in time and some shortness of breath. If it goes away in a couple of minutes, that's likely not a heart attack. But if it comes on and it stays for 15 or 20 minutes, then you need to call 911 because you could be experiencing a heart attack. All right. The other E that tends to bring on a heart attack is exercise. So if you go out and you're, especially if you're not used to uh, doing vigorous activity and you're running, especially in cold weather, that can bring on a heart attack. Any unaccustomed activity that's uh, hard activity or hard exercise. Sometimes even people who are well exercised can have a heart attack and they usually have a few warning signs, a little pressure in their chest and everyone usually tries to talk themselves out of discomfort in their chest. Oh, it must be indigestion. And there's a big symptom overlay. Okay. What about burning in your chest? Burning in your chest can also be a sign of having a heart attack. That's why people mistake it frequently for indigestion. But with indigestion, you shouldn't get short of breath. You shouldn't have palpitation. You shouldn't feel weak and tired. Okay, good. Okay, so let's talk about risk factors, doctor. Um, Who's at most risk for um, heart disease or or heart attack? Well, we like to divide risk factors into two groups, things that we cannot modify and things that we can modify. So the non-modifiable risk factors are our age. So no matter how much uh, wrinkle-removing cream or hair (laughs) dye we use, we cannot modify our age. Mm -hmm. We can't modify our parents or our family history. We don't get to pick when we're born who we're born to. Mm -hmm. So if mom or dad had early heart disease, then you are at higher risk of having heart disease as well. So there are things that we can modify, though. We can modify our sedentary lifestyle and become more active. We can lose weight because obesity is a risk factor. We can control our high blood pressure. We can control our diabetes. And we can stop smoking. Let's talk about African-American women because I know they face an increased risk. Is that right? Yes, African-Americans in general have higher risk of high blood pressure, which is, of course, a big risk factor for both heart disease and stroke. And when African-Americans get high blood pressure, it happens at an earlier age, nearly a decade earlier than non-African-Americans. And when they get high blood pressure, it tends to be at a higher level, so more severe high blood pressure. And in case you're just tuning in all morning long, we're talking about women and heart disease. This morning, we're joined by Dr. Stephanie Dunlap. She is medical director of the UC Health Advanced Heart Failure Treatment Center. For more information on women and heart health, reach out to us on our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. Head there now, like us there now, join the conversation, and you can actually share your story there as well. Now, I want to talk about women and pregnancy, and I know 
often sometimes that can bring on some heart issues. And it's, maybe I don't know. You can tell me how rare it is. Uh, um, later on in the show, we'll talk to a woman who experienced something like this. But tell us about women and heart disease and pregnancy. Well, when a woman uh, develops heart disease during pregnancy, that is very difficult to figure out what is causing her symptoms because there is what we call a big symptom overlay between the late stages of pregnancy and heart disease. So those symptoms are swelling in the feet and ankles, which lots of pregnant women get, and they don't have heart disease, Mm -hmm. and shortness of breath. And the larger the fetus is that presses on the diaphragm, the muscle that separates the lungs from the belly contents, then that also causes shortness of breath. And heart disease can cause shortness of breath. So it's fairly rare, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. But when it happens, it's quite serious. Okay, good. You talked about this, and I just want to key in on this. I think this is really important, um, that you talked about that stress factor. And a lot of people don't think about the role stress plays in heart disease or heart attack and, and, and that. Um, t- let's talk about the role stress plays. Well, I think that stress plays a role in that people don't exercise. They maybe smoke or smoke more than they normally would when they're stressed. They don't get good rest, and they eat poorly, meaning that they get things that are fast and easy to eat that typically have high fat, high cholesterol, high calories. And then they have their weight gets to be a problem, and then their blood sugar goes up, and perhaps they develop diabetes. When it comes to stressful situations causing heart disease, we have one very rare occurrence, and that's called Takotsubo cardiomyopathy. And that's when somebody is, for instance, at a high-pressure meeting, and they get this huge surge of adrenaline, and then maybe they fall to the floor, get resuscitated. They make it to the emergency room. We take them to the cardiac catheterization lab, and we see that their heart is not working well in a specific pattern. But that's fairly rare. We probably only see a few of those each year at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. So let me ask you this, doctor. For those that are listening this morning that find themselves now in need of a cardiologist or searching for a new cardiologist, when they sit down and talk face-to-face with this doctor for the very first time, what type of questions should they be asking this new doctor? They should be asking, what is my blood pressure? They should be asking, what is my blood sugar? And what is my cholesterol level? Because those are the three things that we can work on with medications, diet, and exercise that will help reduce the risk of them developing heart disease. So um, let me ask you this now. If you are with someone or you believe that you are having a heart attack, um, what should we do? You should call 911. Okay. Please, if you are the loved one, if your loved one is having symptoms, you should not try to drive them to the hospital yourself. Because I know too many stories where that has occurred and the person dies in the car. Call 911. They can usually be there in just a few minutes. Okay, so basically just call 911. Call 911. Okay, good. Let the paramedics come, check you out, take you to the hospital, and get you more checked out. Okay, and doctor, I'm sure you see this um, working with women in terms of heart disease and perhaps heart attacks, that women... They tend, and we talk about this all the time here on the show, they tend to take care of everyone in the family first and themselves last. That's absolutely correct. I, I will uh, not. I will get this checked out when I get my mom through with her knee surgery. Mm-hmm. 
I'll get this checked out, you know, after my daughter gets married or after my son graduates from college. And you cannot do that because those loved ones could be standing around your coffin at your funeral. Good. So get it checked. Get it checked. You only have one heart. What's the biggest piece of advice you can give to those listening this morning in terms of heart disease and heart attack? What's the biggest piece of advice as a cardiologist? If you're smoking, stop smoking. Don't smoke. It's the number one modifiable risk factor that we can do to prevent heart disease. If you aren't exercising, start exercising. All we need is 150 minutes of exercise a week, and I know that's difficult. So that's 30 minutes a day, five days a week. And you can break up that 30 minutes a day into two 15-minute intervals or three 10-minute intervals. So it doesn't have to be 30 minutes in a row. All right. And with that, we're out of time this morning. Thank you so much, doctor, for sharing your knowledge with us, taking time to speak with us this morning. I really do appreciate it. And I think this is going to help a lot of women. Thank you. You're most welcome.